Welcome back to the podcast and it's an absolute pleasure for me to speak to John Power this week. John Power is an absolute hero of mine. We spoke in great detail about Cast's debut album and then we fast forwarded 20 odd years to their new album, Love Is A Call, which is out February the 16th. Love Is A Call, in John's words, investigates the space between the Lars album and Cast's debut album, All Change. We spoke about all that and honestly, the album is sublime. Everybody going to get checked out. As well as that, we spoke about Liverpool, about Jurgen Klopp and who's going to replace him. And we also got John's views on what socks we should all wear. I hope you all enjoy the podcast. I've got some fantastic guests coming up. Stay tuned. Contact me on all the social media platforms. And more importantly than ever, just share the podcast, like the podcast, wherever you get it, comment on it, and just tell all your friends. Today I have a proper legend, bass player in the Lars, lauded as one of the fans of a generation in the late 80s. He went on to form one of the most successful bands of the Britpop era, three top 10 albums, 10 top 20 singles, five of which were top 10, and they're back with a new album on February 16. It's an absolute pleasure to speak to John Power of Cast. What I do at the start of the podcast, John, if you just go back to the start and what what, 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 what was life like for a young John Power growing up? Um, hello. Yeah. Well, in the early days, <clears throat> there's a freedom that you can't buy, really. And there's a freedom that only um, exists for a certain time period, because although you have nothing, you have everything ahead of you. If you've got like some sort of, I don't know, some some sort of vision that you're trying to form. So in the early days, you're talking about the early days, like, you know, post-teens, um, beginning of, the, of, of my musical kind of career, or mm-hmm. you're talking like, you know, pre-post-nappies, well, well, I even just growing up as a a youngster at school and that what was, yeah. what was that? well at school I was a kind of you know I was probably quite bright in certain subjects that took my fancy you know spent most of my time very strangely I looked at I was looking for uh, my birth certificate my Mars a, a few uh, month or two back and I came across a lot a lot of the old school reports I read them and it was like you know. Um, most of them were really, you know, about uh, 
a boy disinterested really probably in school and all the teachers saying you know John has talent but he just you know and we've spoken to him and he assures us he's going to Mm-hmm. do better this term but he spends most of his time just probably distracting others and daydreaming um so it was a it was a and i think i put that down to the way the state's education is is run really being a, being old now and and knowing that and, and looking into other ways that, that that could be taught you know and i think of uh, all the other lost souls <laughs> Uh, who who went through the the state system? Who could have been, well, whatever? Could have been encouraged to find that their their path. It just so happened that I was a big music fan, not really a musician as such at the time. Um, and so I went through school like that, meandering, not really thinking of much consequences ahead of me. Um, I had a feeling in, within that I that life was a was a wonderful thing you know coupled with the the uh, anxieties of, of most teenage kids growing up in 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 big cities you know peer pressure to act in certain ways um not quite sure of who you are you know trying to find your way through it all like you know being a bit of a joker being a bit of this anything to survive really you know Anything to, to 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 play the survival card until until you catch that uh, until you find your ticket out of there. I want to say out of there. I don't actually mean location, but out of there, being yourself, so that you, you 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 can start to follow something that is of interest and of guidance. Um, and that took me, you know, out of school with not you know with with nothing to show for it really. But still buoyant, <clears throat> still buoyant within that life was that, that there was something ahead of me. I always had that funny feeling, like you know, when when, when certain friends were like you know on a down. Uh, you got to remember this was Thatcher, yeah, Thatcher's Thatcher, Britain. There was not many opportunities for for, for for working class kids unless they had some sort of drive or some sort of you know interest. Some kids did go to a university. Some kids you know found art. And whatever it was, um, so I was kind of uh, at a bit of a loose end for a long time, uh, listening to music, discovering things, finding my way, finding my identity, and then I picked up a bass guitar uh, whilst having to travel to London for a job that I was forced to take by my older brother, who was a bit of a square. Like he was down in London, and I wanted to just. I was dossing around. Anyway, his, his, his girlfriend at the time got me a, a, like a, a temporary job in Croydon for three months or something on a, in, the, in the home office, would you believe, the clerical assistant. <laughs> um, and I, I blagged them that my exam results, was I was retaking them because I didn't have anything. But I had this job and I bought a base. And I had, you know, I can remember vividly National Express down to uh, London, Travel across, get to Brixton, get the bus to Croydon, and I'd have me base in a bin bag. And I can remember some of the old sort of West Indian fellas always kind of giving me a nod and a bit of a chat, like you know, because I had this base in a bin bag. Here's <laughs> the bin bag base carrying boy again, you know. <laughs> um, and so I just learned a few 
kind of I was getting music kind of came into my life as a player later on and um but it really opened up the the, the whole idea of, of 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 dream reality of I kind of just thought, wow, this has got to be it. Like, you know, I really, I really want to, you know, get into this. And so from then on, I just was was convinced that um, that fortune had played its cards, and that I was I was in the right, you know, look in the right direction. And I can see, you know, from yeah. And and why why did you buy a bass guitar? What was it? Reason for that's that. four strings. <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you. I used to sit in the play. I used to sit in, in my mate's attic. We used to call it HQ, and it was covered in collages of of Jimi Hendrix and Pink Floyd and Led Zepp and pretty much psychedelic music. And it was a place where a group of my friends, um, maybe twelve of us at tops normally eight, you know, and they were, we kind of had had our uh, baptising sort of moments of, 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 you know, we were smoking a bit of dope, we were getting high, we were discovering all these guitar bands from the, you know, from the 60s to the 70s and slightly uh, retro, I guess. Um, but it, it was like a, it was like a real sort of a opening uh, education for me. I got into loads of music that I hadn't heard of, or I didn't know, you know, um, guitar music, psychedelic music, heavy music, you know, all that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And we sat there for for a, a year and a half. It felt like a lifetime. Really, it was a real education, and you know, we were up all night. We were, as I said, getting into this music and. Millie it was, he was house it was. He played the drums, another lad had the guitar, two other lads had the guitar, and someone said, you know, I just thought, oh, well, I'll get a bass, you know. And that was the first time I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to play a bloody instrument. Because it always felt like music was played by other people. I mean, I used to listen and sing music, you know, in the bathroom, in bed, in the bedroom, you know, as you're a kid. In, in in the in the living room and no one was there record on. So music was massive. I knew the, the the kind of spiritual feeling that I got from music, but I hadn't I never thought of myself as I was going to be a player. But once I made that decision, then something opened up and I just thought I'm on one. I did I'm on you know I let it take care of me really. And then uh via the base, the job center and things like that, I got onto a little musical course. Is where I met Mike Badger, who introduced me to Lee, played me Son of a Gun. Straight away, you know, man, I, I just was like, it was uh, it was the real thing from day one. Yeah, I mean, well, that's it. I mean, these that the, the last album is lauded everywhere. I mean, the, the songs on it, there she goes. It's, I mean, everything about it is. It's, it's perfect, you know what I mean? It's yeah. how how has it kind of been involved in that, being kind of in the, uh, the Irish Irish. I don't form, see it from the out. Yeah, well that's the thing. I was in the Irish storm. I don't see it. I understand what you're saying, but I can't you know, I, I can't experience it because I was 
in the thing, you know. Um, sorry, I'm getting, I have to ignore. Um, I am actually. Um, I was in in it. I mean, it felt just like <laughs> it felt natural. Mm -hmm. It felt like the real thing. There was no, you know, I didn't. Um, when I was in the Lars. I, I, I was, you know, a la, like, and it was like, it was all consuming. <laughs> Never thought outside of the laws. My my whole life, my heartbeat was within the laws, you know, and it was, I mean, if you're asking me, did we know how good we were, then yeah, we thought we were the best band in town. And, you know, I'd say we probably, well, I'd say we were, like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd go along with that. So, I mean... Uh, Obviously, like as as the lads went on, and it took so long for the album to come out, and the frustrations well, were. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of frustrating, frustrating times in the studio, coupled with a lot of great times because you know there was lots, lots of times where we recorded great music, and the session was going well. It wasn't all doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. Just inevitably, I think now looking back is that, you know, whenever it came to completion or whenever it was got coming out, I, you know, I mean, Lee's probably, he had very high standards, but also there's probably a bit of, I can't speak for you know, I don't know about his whole, his upbringing, his psych, psycholog psychology, you know, but there's obviously reasons why, as well as technical reasons, there's probably other reasons why, it, you know, We'd always pull it back. I would say it was very difficult to capture the beauty and essence of the Lars in a room. That 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 vibration, um, that frequency, it doesn't really transpose into the modern way of recording at them times. You know, um, if it was today, maybe people would have been more. Well, I don't know. I just think it is what it is. You know, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was good times. It just inevitably came, you know, after there seemed to be a process of repetition where we'd get so far with a, with a recording and and then Lee would probably pull back, you know, from there. He had some very good reasons to pull back. You know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying it was just all down to a lack of confidence, probably a lack of confidence in the recordings, and, and rightly so, you know, it's hard. You know, if I listen to some of the uh, the stuff, you know, it doesn't sound like the Lars, but that's, you know, although some of it's dead exciting. I mean, if I listen to the, the album and I listen to Son of a Gun, you know, for me, that just doesn't capture what that song is. There are, there are moments on that album where actually, you know, there's some guitars are, are, are doing the thing and the songs are so, so good. And, and the band performances are great. And that actually, you know, I can maybe look at them a bit more fondly because they're the only recordings that people have. Um, and plus, I haven't got a lot horns with anyone anymore. A life, you know, I mean, I'm over all that. I haven't got the energy to lock horns either with record companies or even, you know, the dynamics within the band. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Go on. So, like speaking about band dynamics, then and obviously, like as the frustrations grew, and then you 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 left, yeah. And one minute you're a 
bass player, back yeah. vocals, then the, the next year, front man, front and centre, a band. So how does yeah. how did that come about? <coughs> well, you feel I'll tell you, I didn't want to be the front man of a band. I wanted to, you know, I was just, I've only just realised this recently, I was just kind of becoming a really good bass player and vocalist, you know, and... I kind of had my own style of bass and I was very happy, you know, in that for, in that position, shall we say, uh, playing that character. But, you know, I I did have songs and they were originally written maybe for to be in the Lars, but anyway, because of, of a long story short, that's, it became, it, it, you know, I left after, uh, after so many years and, and it became just frustrating. I think for Lee, for me and everyone involved, you know, it was like, so I had to take a decision about the songs I had and I had uh, some really, really, you know, strong songs. They were emotive. They, they, they were inspiring me to take up. I mean, who else is going to sing them? I mean, it's very simple. I had to, I had to sing them because, because no one else is going to, you know. and it's, So I became a singer and a rhythm guitarist. It's weird. I'm only just now what I would consider, you know, a, a very good rhythm guitarist. It was a struggle, you know. It was a struggle in the early days because, I, I you know, I just had to pick up an acoustic guitar and go, right, here, here you go. And I had to sing. Um, so I did all my learning in front of people. It's not like I had five years sitting in the bedroom or four years in the band, you know, trying, you know, doing all this. It, it just came at us and we were moving fast. Although there was a period of time where the band cast wasn't right, the lineup wasn't right, and things like that. But um, I, I guess I'm a singer-songwriter, frontman of a band, you know, and, and uh, that's the process of why I became it. I think deep down then, I must have always wanted to sing or I wouldn't have tried to write songs I wouldn't have took up the back and vocal mic to sing with Lee. Lee was such a great singer and all that. And you know, mm-hmm. you know, can you imagine if it would have been like some really crappy back and someone going uh, uh, on the BVs? You know, I mean, we had a dynamic there, which was great, and that dynamic built me into what it was. I went and and Cass fought, and 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 Cass became the uh, the vehicle. For those, uh, for the songs, and for the continuation of, of of the musical journey, like you know, yeah. I mean, like looking at at Britpop, I was I was reading somewhere that cast were kind of likened to like the Who, the, yeah. the Britpop era, which I always thought, but I'd never heard them Dale say it. Obviously, mm. you had um, Oasis were likened to the Beatles, um, Blur were like the Kinks. And you had all these kind of bands, so you you all had kind of your own wee niche. Yeah, was it? Do you were very important in the Britpop scene at that time, where, where there was such big hitters all over the place. There was big hitters all over the place. It was it was a, a mass. I mean, it was a very eclectic bunch of bands as well. They weren't all just, you know, this side. There, there was a whole, you know, there was a whole in the spectrum going on you know mm-hmm. um we were very inspired early days by the who i was very inspired by the who and the band were very inspired by the who the who were a big um as i said big inspiration in the early days 
And I think when you're younger, you like to show them inspirations. You know, you, you, you want to be that band, you know, weirdly. And most good bands seem to have a have an influence. And what happens is they they try that they want to be like something, and they kind of end up creating their own identity by doing that. Yeah, I mean, all change and the early days of cast, and still even today when we perform certain songs. I'd say more so today because there's a looseness in, in the band's performance, which is weirdly makes it tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was there was a you know it was a, a that sort of you know intense uh, chord driven melodic kind of pop rock that was our vibe yeah I mean if you look at the when you came out like the the runny singles as I, as I touched on at the in the intro your first ten singles were all top twenty. As I said, five five of them were top ten, and that's was just like one after the other. So, mm-hmm. uh, how do how does that come about? Did you? I mean, that's just hat after hat. Yeah, I um, I mean, obviously, it's beautiful when things go the way you imagine them to. I never, I've said this before, and I don't, you know, it's I just never had any doubts that the songs you know, we're going to do big things. I thought the band and the songs and the record all change was going to, was going to be um, a big group, a, a big mover in, in, in when we got signed and in the scene that was going on, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, Britpop is something that was, was a term, terminology by, uh, uh, you know, a journalist and, and, and people like that. But, yeah, I, it's funny because once Fine Time came in, into the charge, I just, it was always about continuing it, see. It, it's strange, really. In hindsight, I sometimes wish I'd have pulled back, but because we got a success, then we had to kind of keep pushing and pushing and pushing. I mean, the singles on all change, you know, Fine Time, All Right, Sandstorm, Walk Away. I mean, Four Walls could have been a single. So there was, there's, there's other songs that could have been singles. Yeah, um, I mean, I would, was, I would have had every song in that album as a single. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 it, it, it's so we had all that, and uh, I just thought, especially with the um, with the the kind of feeling and the atmosphere of the times, I just thought I never doubted we weren't going to kind of do what we did. To be honest with you, I mean. Take that how you like. I mean, I said this was going to happen, and it did happen. Um, I'm not a prophet or a seer, but I could certainly, I had no doubts whatsoever that cast were going to um, hit, hit hit the big time, if you want to call it that, uh, commercially. Like, uh, I thought the record was great. I thought the band was, was stunning. And we, we, we just believed it 100%. Um, and the industry was ready for, for, for bands of our ilk and the bands of other ilk, it was a, a great time to be in a band, um, I guess, because I suppose after that, things have changed, you know, record buying public. I'm talking about the singles, the charts, the TV show, the radio, you know, Radio One. I mean, there are charts and there are still pop music, and I'm sure it's as important to to people, uh, younger generations than me. 
but it just feels like like that the nineties was encapsulating all the generations before it as well. You know, it was all coming to a head, and then it was over in the sense of the the the, yeah. the, uh, the zeitgeist changed completely, and people, you know, digital form. Tracks, being able to jump from one to the other, you know. I know uh, vinyl's big again. It's big in my life, you know, and it's big in everyone else's. But I'm just saying that tangible thing where you bought something, you held it, you put it on, and they were your band. You went to see them for like a fiver or whatever it was. It was all very accessible, and you could pick it and there for you to hold. So it was the end of it. I feel it was the end of. That period of post fifties, sixties, seventies—you know—it I mean? was all building up. To, and I think the nineties Britpop was the end of that. Really, I think yeah. everything's changed, and, and you know, all things change. Yeah, yeah. It's just how you adjust it, and obviously, well, you mentioned that you had you had a, a couple of songs that were kind of you've been writing during the Lars. Yeah. Was there any other influences for the Lars on all change? Just because, like, listening to it, back of my mind. Yeah. Um, the, lyric, the lyrics kind of seem to suggest there, or what, what I got of it was you were singing about Lee. Well, I, don't, I, I was never singing. I'll tell you one thing, because I don't, I mean, I haven't listened to all change. I know most of it, uh, you know, I suppose. Anyway, but the lyrics... You know, I was writing consciously and subconsciously, you know, so everything would have been in there in a very young boy's na- naivety uh, with I- and his ideals and all that. It was all in there. I mean, I had spent six or seven years in the Lars or whatever it was. And um, so it would have, yes, I would have been, there would have been my frustration and admiration and you know wanting to to bring a bit of that you know to finish the story or finish my story once i realized yeah. you know i couldn't continue the laws and i couldn't parody the laws and, and you know i mean who could and who would want to because lee is such a an amazing you know generational songwriter you know but he was a big influence and the Lars, as i said you know i've got nothing but love for it like now you know i can i can say that freely but um cast i was obviously writing about things like that i mean i don't know walk away back of my mind these four walls i'll never get out of here i wrote that mm. in the in the studio when i was with the Lars were doing their last the, the last take that finally came out, and I can remember sitting in the bleeding room, you know, in the living room, because they all have these ensuite kids, you know, like the hangout areas. And, and I just said that. Now, I didn't go, I'm going to go to the room and say, am I ever going to get out of this fucking studio? But I obviously just sang what come out of my head. And I think being young, um, that's how things happen in that stage. All that album was just, you know, I didn't have to think about subject matter find time to make a change i just it just came out i just said it and yeah. and that's because obviously my circumstances you know I, 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 the lars real life dream reality 
And all these things were interconnected. Um, and I was just throwing out sound bites and saying things, but they were obviously personal um, without being specifically about anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I always said that it had to be open to interpretation by the listener. You know, I mean, that's a nice way of looking at it in a highbrow thing, you know. But at the time, when people ask me about songs, that's what I said. It, it, it's, um, it might be about something, but it's not only about that one thing. Yeah. It's got to be wider and it's got to be bigger than the uh, the definition or bigger than the um, the will to, to, to limit it, you know what I mean? So a song has to be able to be interpreted by the person who, who's listening to, to the song. And that's the beauty about music. That's the beauty about all art and, and, and all the things, because it's your it's your personal feelings that, that guide it. And, and, and where, you know, it's, um, it's objective. It makes you, or subjective, sorry. It makes mm-hmm. you, you know, it's why we like one thing, you'd like something else. You know, I don't like that, you do like it, but it's the best thing in the world for the someone else you know what I mean it, it, it is kind of funny it's, obviously I was I was a teenager when all change came out so listening to it now I've got a different kind of meaning to it than I had at the time yeah so it kind of the, the, the meaning of an album is certain people changes as they as they get older and they of course yeah that's true so I mean we, we could get through every album but We've not got all day, but the new album, which I've had the pleasure of listening to. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. And it, it's at, at first listen, I thought it's a ideal companion to All Change. It's like it, it could have been released directly after All Change. But after listening to you in a, a few other interviews, you've kind of mentioned it's kind of, it's probably the bridge between the Lars and they'll change it, it sits in that kind of company, which yeah. what once I've heard you saying that, I, I, I kind of get that as well. So, I should have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> so how how was it kind of recording this album? Because it, it, it seems like you're it, it seems like you're just stepped back in time 20 odd years and and yeah. you're making your best stuff. I I, I... I have to say that, you know, I'm, I'm, firstly, I'm, I'm made up that you've heard it because it makes it easier for me to talk to you about it. And now I'm at the point that I'm really excited and want people to hear the albums, you know, because I've been talking about it now. Um, the, the thing about stepping back, I know what you mean. I, I've tried to describe it as I got an epiphany that debut albums, you know, everyone's debut albums fucking amazing, you know. Why is that? And now, so I just realised that obviously there's this amazing energy generally. So what I wanted to do was capture the energy. And I've already said that, you know, we were further down the line. So as a songwriter, uh, I need to kind of, you know, I'm not wet behind the ears and all this stuff. I think the idea was, was Al McGee and me, he, he just said, he just lit a fuse when he said to me, John, just go and write a fucking great record, you know, you've got it in you. He said, you can do that. And I just realised that I can't mess around, you know, with some good stuff. I could write, you know, I've got loads of good songs. And got... There's got to be an identity to the album. It can't just be a bunch of good songs 
It's got to be better than that. What can make something better than having good songs? Well, then they have to be, they all have to have something together. All change has got that. It's got a continuity. You put it on and you can tell all them songs run after each other. Well, I feel that like this album's the same. You know, it builds yeah. a little bit slower in the first the first half and then it just hits you. Um, and then I just thought, well, what would I want to write a record like? You know, what turned me on? Well, I'd want to write, a, you know, a record between Revolver and Hunky Dory and everything in between. If I was a kid, that would be my my thing, you know. And so also I jumped back into the space that I told you about, between the Lars and between all change, because I'd never done it before, because, you know, the cast couldn't be a pale imitation of the Lars. You know, a cast had to have their own thing. Um, and so everything started to come to form in my head. It took a while, like, I mean, you know, the idea formed, you know, and my rhythm playing started So it's all like that. A lot of the acoustics are bouncing, you know. I, 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 I did that. I started going into the demos without the band so that when I ended up playing them to the band, it had its identity. There's no pussyfooting about, no Keith, no skin. We can't play it in certain ways. This has to be within this framework. And so I got it all together. I played bass on the demos. On some of them, I was like, wow, this is... You know, this is happening. I got the boom, like rock and roll, punky beats going. I just knew, you know, that it had to be jumping, you know, and then... Um, and that's where the that's where it all once that started grabbing hold of me, then there was no stopping it really, in the sense that I was, you know, I was focused, I was getting up in the morning, I was playing my guitar for six hours until I was worn out. I had loads of songs that didn't make it on the album, some of them just because we just didn't have time to record them, some of them we did, and then and in the end, they were very good but we maybe had something that already was doing it. So we've got a couple of extra tracks knocking around. So you, I didn't want to put, in the old days, I might've put them all on, but it's like, you know, it's got, it, it's not a, it's got, it's got 11 tracks and they all work. And all of a sudden the whole thing just started taking shape and I had a vision again. And I thought, this is going to be the last record cast make. And I told the band that, I don't know if it is, <laughs> but the idea, that this is going to be the last record we make. It puts you on, on you know, it's like... Yeah, we're going and you put everything in there. Yeah, I said, so Skin and Key, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I have, to, have to say, you know, coupled, coupled with, with Youth's amazing, you know, input, arrangements with me and him. I mean, I worked amazingly with Youth. I, I'll, you know, I'll forever be thankful of letting them into, into my life on this record. It changed the way I worked. He he was straight and clear to the point about certain things. He didn't he didn't rub my ego. He didn't you know massage the ego or say what I needed to hear. We got on the same page, and he, and we we arranged and I rewrote some ideas and things if they didn't seem right. And when we worked with the band, he was he was amazing in grasping. 
the identity of the record and getting, you know, coercing and, and maneuvering Keith and Skin to do what they needed to do. You know, as, because I can say what I say, but it's great when the producer goes, oh, no, hang on. So if I'm on the bass, Keith has to go, I mean, everything fell in and Keith and Skin played away. I mean, the performances on this album, I don't think are better on any other record we've ever done. I'll say that, like, defo, even All Change. I mean, All Change is some record. But the musical performances, I think the playing on this record is is cast's best. Yeah. It's, you know. Um, I, I, I was sceptical because it's been so long and, like, the last couple of albums, weren't they maybe as um, direct as this? So you're always a bit wary when you when you listen to an album, but I as it's it, there's so much energy, so much directness, it, it it grabs you right away. I was going to kind of touch on that a lot of what you said. Um, obviously, me being Scottish, one of my favourite bands is a View. Oh yeah. Um, and the similarities, obviously, they've went. They've dropped they went to youth as well, didn't they? Yeah. They've, they've dropped a member, they've went to a free piece, the same uh, as yourself. They've got McGee managing them. They've yeah. got um Katie's then oh, yeah. PR and they've got youth produced that album. So do you think maybe youth was able to kind of, as you say, like capture the band identity and what what it was that made them so good and kind of all that brilliant. I'd like to think, well, maybe Alan's getting a bit of a dynasty going again, you know, because he's got, he's doing, he's kind of, I, I think the, the bands that first they need to, you got to want to get back to what you do best, I guess, you know. And if I, you know, you can only do, I think, I can only speak on my behalf, on, on, on Cass's behalf, you know, but I know that we wanted, I know that I, as the kind of, you know, the, 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 the creative force in the band wanted us to get back to something at our best. Um, I think, you know, I think every band must must take that on board. You know, as I said, there comes a point where I didn't want to make another good record. I wanted to make another seminal record. And there's a difference there. Um, I can't speak on behalf of other bands, but, you know, I mean, I see the, the view now. They're on the same management. Um, we've been crossing paths and, you know, saying hello and all that. And I don't know all their history. Um, I mean, we are a four-piece live. Mm-hmm. It's just that we're a three-piece, you know, contractual band, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just so happened on, on this record, I wanted to play the bass. I didn't know I wanted to play the bass, but I did deep down because I knew that, that the process was that when when we got the acoustics and the drums and, and that down, youth was just going to say, shall we do some bass, John? I just knew it. And I was going to say, give me a run through, because I already knew the song. I, I kind of had an idea. So, and then I'd knock it down and he'd say, that's perfect. We've got it. Let's move on. Now, if I'd have had a bass player with me, I'd have had to do that. Knock it down perfectly, you know, off the cuff, off a feel, and then say to someone, oh, can you play that? Which would have just been... It just wouldn't have made sense, you know. I mean, what's the use of yeah. getting someone to play bass that I've just put down to reproduce something that was originally brilliant or good, brilliant for the song? And so we ended up as a three-piece recording. It we'll all we'll, we'll be a four-piece live because we need the bass player. We you know um, we need the bass player to do that. Um, yeah, the view. Yeah, 
I mean, the view had, had a good moment. There's a lot of good bands on a resurgence of sorts. And I think maybe it's discovering your identity again um, and having a, a, a clear energy to, to, to put it back. You know, you can only do, you know, you can only do so much with an idea. Mm-hmm. The rest of it has to, has to, you know, the, all the magic has to be there. And I, as I said, you know, I can, um, I can speak on my behalf. I wouldn't, I, I, you know, I think it'd be wrong of me to, to speak for what other bands got excited, you know, what excites them. But mm-hmm. definitely, the, you know, it's definitely, I mean, bands like The View, especially who are, who are managed on Alan uh, uh, McGee's creation and, uh, you know, the yeah, kind of... I mean, McGee's definitely, he's he's definitely no lost his, his ear. Yeah, no, they, they, they found their mojo and all that, you know. And it, it's a good feeling. I know it's a good feeling for us. Obviously, with the album coming out next month, previously I, I've spoke to other kind of other guys of your era. I spoke to Andy Miller for Dodgy. I spoke to Mark Morris for the Blue Tones, and kind of similar story where kind of twenty years on, they're having a resurgence, and it, I kind of put it down to the audience or the fan base, kind of. Similar to yourselves, you kind of, at some point, you just need to get away and have families and grow up, and then 20 mm. years down the line, your families have grew up, and you, your audience is back, and that's kind of, if you look at Shed 7, they've just come out and banged out a number one album, so do you think maybe 20 years down the line that you've got the, the audience back, and you'll, you'll be able to kind of pick up your old fans and bring some new fans in along the way? Well, uh, you know, it's a fair point, I guess. Um, I think maybe audiences are remembering what was good in their life musically. Secondly, there will be a new generation of people getting involved. Um, but I think the reason that we're having a resurgence, I mean, we we made a conscious effort as a band after kicking up the dust you know, do we stick around and try to build it up? Because we were at a kind of, you know, we were, we were at quite a low ebb at some point. But the band's performances were always, were always quite special. So that always gave me faith that, you know, this band are good. These are great. You know, it's a really great live band. got great back catalogue. You know, if we ever make a great record, we just have to be in the right place. And I think there's a lot of things about time and... Um, I feel I've been driven for a while and I, I think this is the record that I've been wanting to make with the band for a long time. I just hadn't wrote it or written it and the band had never done it. I think it's dead important for Cast to, to, to write, to have this record, to do this, record this record. It's been in the back of my head probably for a decade, you know, not the songs, but the whole idea of coming back with something you know, I had to find that sweet spot that felt that energized and felt fresh, um, and 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 you, you know that came along. I, I I've been I I you know I've been driven towards this family. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the band did split up for nine years, I think, and then we've been back together for that for the for the same length of time, I guess. Um, but it's all about time and it's all about vision and ultimately unfinished business. You know, I, 
I knew this record hadn't been written. I really did because, and I knew that if I was ever going to do it, it was going to be about now. And I just think everything came to the fore. The opportunity arose. You know, Alan told me, you know, I just knew sometimes you just smell the coffee and it's like, you can't fuck about here and expect expect other people to give me a break. No one's going to give me a fucking break. No one's even going to fucking, you know, they're not going to fucking play me on the record. They're not going to say we were an icon. You know, there's enough things going against us. The only thing that I can do that's going to turn heads or, or, or give us that energize the band is if I write something that's listenable to people who don't like the band and fucking amazing for people who do like the band. You know, I had to, I have to deal in that currency. And I think, I, I, you know, this is the record that, that says that there's life. There's life in the old dog, yeah. Yeah. There's things to be said. There's things to, you know, there's things. This is fucking new for me, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's not new like novel. This is new, but it feels fresh. This is what I mean when I say it's like a debut. I, I can only say it's like a debut because that's this is what having a debut record feels like. You feel fucking good. You don't need to fucking explain it to anyone because if they don't get it, then fuck them. It's not for them. But I, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I just know this is the best record I could have made at this time. And so I've got fucking nothing to prove. And I feel, I feel fulfilled in that sense, you know, where it leads. I do not know. Will the band write another record? Will I write another record? Probably, you know, this may be the, the, the start of, of reminding me what it, what it needs to be like. And I could never write an album that would be less than this for cast again. It's going to have to always be of this standard or I'm not doing it, you know. So that's a great thing, you know. It's yeah, that's of, amazing. If, if, you know, if we're just going to get albums in that standard constantly, then well, this is I'm it. all in. If cast are going to be, you know, anything, they've got to be, they've got to be on this thing. Because it's, it's, it's the only this that really matters to people. You know, I mean, a record... You know when you listen to you the, the artists that you love yourself. You know you you know if you you put their best records on, it's as simple as that. People mm-hmm. want to listen to to their to their favorite bands, favorite records. You know, and uh, hopefully this is going to be one of them for cast. You know, people are going to grab old chains, they're going to grab love is the core. You know, mother nature's whatever they want to do. You know, but I think this track this is the one that has excited me. I mean, I'm going on again now. You know. This is why I don't like fucking speaking to people because I, I, I rant on, but I'm excited by it. And that's all I can say. That's the best thing. That's the best feeling I can have. So, you know, I, where it goes, I don't know. I can't wait to get out and play them. Well, that, that's it. I'm coming to see you in Glasgow. Is that the opening night of the tour? It is the 1st of March. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, and then you get you get Liam Gallagher support as well. That's fucking amazing. Good old Liam, man. You know what I mean? He, uh, you know, we've got a story, me and Liam, like, we go back, we go way back, and we've meandered and crossed paths throughout the 30 years. Uh, and they've always been quite, uh, you know, important turning points, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm just... Um, you know, we're thrilled to be open uh, for Liam on, on, on the Definitely Maybe tour. Like, 
It's a You're massive not in Glasgow ticket. for that one, are you? We're not doing Glasgow because the view is doing it. I'm gutted. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for the view, I mean, but I just mean, you know, we love that. We love playing Scotland as well, but he's made to there as well. We've got 10 shows out of the 15 or whatever, which is fucking amazing. So, you know, I, I, I'm thankful massively. Uh, but we're not doing Glasgow, but, we, you know, we're doing the rest of the tour. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive opportunity to connect with people. I mean, you know, it, to, to connect into the main artery again, there's a load of people that who love cast. They, don't, they just don't fucking remember. And there's a load, there's a new generation who love Liam and will love cast. So it's, it's, it's amazing. It's just great to be part of it as well. To have a new album out that we're so excited about and to have our own tours and then to be on Liam's tour, you know, it's just massive. It's a great, it's a massive year, you know. I mean, I couldn't, yeah. it's the type of, it's the type of, Come back, you want. You know what? What have you got after that? As you get festivals, so and oh, we've got fe- yeah, we've got festivals through the summer. We've got probably a tour in autumn. I mean, I don't know if it's been announced, but they've put a couple of Irish dates together. So I guess there's going to be other dates added to all that. Um, and I guess if we have a good, you know, if the album's received well and all what's going on, then that will take us into next year's uh, festival season, I guess. Um, but we're going to tour and we're going to, we're going to be singing and, and doing our thing this year. And then I guess, you know, I don't know, you can't, you've got to, you've got to have a reason to be talking to people. So we'll see where it leads and what it does. And uh, hopefully it will get the band to a level where they can, you know, reassess what's going on and uh, and see where we're at, and, you know. And, I mean, as I said, I've got songs. I think in the past I'd have been guilty of putting, you know, loads of good songs on this record, but I kept a lot of songs off this record that didn't have the, the, the same identity. I, I realised early on that this record has... All the songs have got to be part of the same, um, I, you know, same character, like, you know, they've got to have that yeah. verb. So, it's a flow, doesn't it? The, the I've album got some great flows. songs. Yeah, it flows right through, but I've got some great songs where that might be a solo record. I don't know yet. Who knows? I've still got some songs um, that were I wrote for this album that just didn't get on there because we went to, st- we only had three weeks to record the thing. And once we've made the record, there's no room for anything else. Why put something else on the record when it's, it, it, it runs perfectly? And mm-hmm. finishes perfectly. So, you know, I don't know what the options are, but at the moment, it's all about uh, the call, you know. Brilliant. Obviously, a big Liverpool fan as well. You've done a lot yes. of work for the Hillsborough yes, um, Justice yeah. stuff. I was watching all the yeah. watching all the videos. I was watching the the live concert for was it the nineties or something? It's, it must have been recorded in the telly or something. I was watching it on YouTube. So I was watching that earlier, but. I mean, talking about Liverpool, I can't kind of let you go with it. Speaking about Jurgen Klopp, or yeah. news about him leaving, which I, I get it, I get it one hundred percent. You know, I mean, the guy is given, I mean, everything he's got. He's, you know, he's wrung it out. I watch him, you know, you watch him and you think, you know, that energy. I know, I know how I feel after putting myself on the line. And he does it oh, so intensely. He's carried that club. He's lifted that club. 
you know, and gave it back its identity. He's got those players playing for them. You know, they're not just playing for Liverpool. I mean, they are playing for Liverpool, but Jurgen Klopp has, has created a community, you know, comrades, and they're out there fighting for each other. The, the, the fans, I mean, I'd vote for Klopp. You, you just know he's, he's got all the right values. Simple as that. And we're so privileged to have had so many great managers in the past. But Klopp is up. Klopp is, he got Liverpool. He got its identity. He also has an amazing persona, aura of himself. And he's just been amazing. He's, you know, and he's what he's done with this, the second coming of his team. Uh, you know, I mean, it's going to be a crazy four months because. I mean, I'd love, I mean, Jesus, I never even thought about winning the league at the beginning of this season. Uh, and I never even, I always try and play it cool because I know how you only got to lose a couple of games and, you you know, you're back on, in fourth position or something. But fucking hell, I'd love to win the league this season. More, more than any other season. Because I just yeah. think it would just give Klopp, you know, it would just be amazing for, for the whole thing. I'm saddened, but... But not really. There's only so much a man can give. Jesus yeah. Christ. You know it's I mean? kind of... See, when you, you see a man like that, because he, he's done it before he's left and he's took a year out and he's kind of... He's, he's a guy that's true to his word. So yeah. when you see somebody do that and make that decision, you, you can only commend it. Yeah. Uh, who would you be looking at? To it's very early doors. I mean, we've always... I've got... A, I mean, I've got a soft spot. For Alonso, I, I had a soft spot for him as a player. I thought he was like a beautiful uh, distributor of the ball. A great, I mean, I loved Alonso when he was playing for Liverpool. I can keep my eyes on him when he was um, managing the B side, Spanish B side, uh, B side, uh-huh. yeah, B side. It's like a, it's like a vinyl. Um, <laughs> and then he's obviously uh, he's doing what he's doing in Germany at the moment. I think he is more. Technically adept. Um, I don't get, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't buy the kind of Gerard thing coming back and all that. I think it would end in tears, you know. I, I just think, he, yeah. you know, you've got to, you've got to have. I love Gerard as a player. He, he, I mean, he single-handedly grabbed by the scruff of the neck to like Liverpool through places, <laughs> over hedges, through hedges, whatever it was. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think he's not now anyway. He's yet to prove himself, I think, properly. He's had some good moments and he, and and some bad moments. I, I mean, I guess all eyes are on Alonso. Um, whether it's, 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 I would whether love it's too soon, I don't know. But there's something about... I know for a fact that he's another guy who who loved his time at Liverpool. He, he gets what Liverpool's about. He's experienced, you know, those magical moments, Istanbul and all that. You know what I mean? He, he, yeah. He knows what he knows what he's coming into. So if he can carry on having a great season and he feels it's it's ready, he's ready for it, then then yeah. But I wouldn't look, I'm not looking any further down the line, really. You know, it's Klopp's season and uh, it's a great time. I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool are Liverpool and they're playing, you know, they're, they're kind of doing all the right things in a way that nobody's seen it coming. I mean, I never, you know, we've only lost one game to Spurs and that was a that was just by foul means, wasn't it? You know, underhand, VAR. They've done all right as well. I mean, they're like, 
you've had kind of key players injured, and obviously Salah's been away. Yeah. No, listen. You've managed through on that. Well, yesterday I was listening to the game. I was driving, but it's like we had players, young players. Now, I mean, we've got a lot of all the positions seem to be covered. We're missing a bit of a, a defensive midfielder, but I mean, look, we've got play. You know, this is a good squad, mm-hmm. and if they all play out of their socks and believe in the in, in magic, then anything's possible. Uh, and wouldn't I just think, God, that would be amazing. Whatever happens, whatever happens, I think uh, we all love Klopp. Like, yeah. Selfishly, for me, I would, I would rather you said Brendan Rodgers back because I he's can't can't turn it Celtic he's... Yeah, I don't. Th- I think Brendan. It's funny fate uh, and fortune. How you know when we had that run with Liverpool and Suarez and all that, and the season where Gerard slipped. I mean, we were so close there. And we had a very exciting team. You know, Sterling, Suarez, uh, what's his name? Oh, you know me, SS. Um, up front, we had all the uh, storage, sorry. Yeah. And uh, you know, what I mean is that team played some magnificent football. It really did. But they were naive, I guess. But there's nothing wrong with that. But if, you know, I always think, I wonder where Rodgers would have went as a person, if he'd have won that, if he'd have won the league, what you know, what would he have taken out of it? You know, he he was always the you know, it's it's strange, isn't it? Life, it's like a, you know, it's like this big novel. You know, he didn't quite make it, and then I think that's I think that's his life. He's always kind of just yeah, one run done. And he was he was close there to to, to winning the big one, you know, with the big with, you know with the British uh, English. Biggest team, you know, and I just think, fucking hell, what, you know, where would that have led him? You know, Suarez would have stayed, he would have taken on all that experience, maybe shit like that. You know, you do it once, you can do it again, you know, and other team, I mean, you don't know how the, the, the team wouldn't have broke up, maybe, and da 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 da, and whatever would have happened. It's funny, fate. It's yeah. like La La Land, isn't it? That movie, you know what I mean? You take a turn and left, and you've got a whole destiny in front of you. You take a turn and ride. <laughs> You've got a whole destiny, you know. You miss someone in the revolving doors, and the fucking world turns out completely different. And I think that's what it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's probably similar story then for Gerard, isn't it? Because he's kind of yeah. Well, he didn't win the league, you know. I mean, but Gerard, for, for, as a Liverpool fan, every Liverpool fan knows what Stephen Gerrard gave to this to, to, to the club. Uh, I watched him. I, you know, I mean, you know, I was going to match a lot them days, and you know, I watched him, man, tackle, run, score, uh, you know, evoke, inspire. Mm-hmm. The guy couldn't have done any more as a Liverpool player, so he'll always be, you know, held in 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 more than high regard, you know, by the Liverpool fans. Uh, yeah, you know, and there's another one. It's funny how fucking strange it's like a, it is like some Tolstoy novel, you know what I mean? Like Gerard Slipped, you know, and, and it of all the fucking people, you know what I mean? And, and how cruel life can be, but how beautiful as well, you know. I mean, would yeah. you swap that? Would you swap that to be a mediocre player to not slip? 
I mean, the guy was was fucking amazing midfielder when, when, when you know, all through his career, he was a magnificent, inspiring uh, force of nature, like, you know. So, obviously, the, the podcast has got time for heroes. I asked my guest to pick four heroes to come for dinner. Why they're your heroes and what you would cook them, just to see how good a cook you are, really. But I four heroes to come for dinner. Who would it be? Well, that's a big one because, uh, as I said, I was going to have to something here. Um, well, we could have a. I mean, maybe I'd have Bill Shankly. Mm-hmm. Bill Shankly because he was my first sort of. You know, when you see these people with that aura and that light. And they're just so, um, it's not even confident. So knowing in what they say and what they do. Um, as a young boy, you know, looking at Shankly and the way he spoke about, you know, all of us working for the common goal. and We all get the rewards out of it. His ethos and his beliefs. Uh, so... It'd be nice to have Shank. I don't. I think Shankly would be easy to cook for as well. You know, he, he'd probably. You know, I don't think he'd be a, a connoisseur of too many things. You know what I mean? He, he, yeah. He'd, he'd be. You know, he'd probably be talking with his mouth full a bit. You know, explaining certain um, ideas that he had and all that. Um, brilliant to pack his brains, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I get a word in edgeways. <laughs> Um, I'd like to have Einstein round as well, mm-hmm. only because I, I respect a man who doesn't wear socks, you know. Um, because I've got a little thing about my 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 sock. I I don't know if people know this, but I wear my socks inside out, and always right. I, because of the 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 the, the, um, the seam. I don't like them. I've got one pair of socks that, that I wear normally, and I, when I put them on, I kind of always look at them in, in wonder. Thinking, why can't all socks be made like this? There's no scene. Um, so I wear my socks inside out, no matter what they are. Uh, and, it, you know, it works for me. Whereas Einstein just stopped wearing socks completely because he, he just couldn't be arsed with the holes and, and the things. He just, he said, he didn't wear socks. How's that? That's mental. You get, <laughs> I mean, you get so many. See, you go a night out now, anywhere in. Britain at the weekend, none of the boys are wearing socks anyway. Yeah. I've got a funny feeling that Einstein even started wearing the same clothes because he just couldn't be bothered wasting time um, thinking about what to put on. So he might have had to row the same, the same stuff. Right. Um, yeah. But also, you know, there's something about both of these people, Shankly and Einstein, something in their countenance, in, in the way they look, I mean, that's got to be something, that, because if you look at Einstein, he looks like, you know, he's got an amazing appearance, an amazing face, character, that, that, that like, you know, as a child, you wouldn't be, you'd be drawn to him. Mm-hmm. And I think Shankly's pretty similar. Shankly had that aura. So something about these great, great people. Um, uh, for Tim, I suppose, oh, God, yeah. I mean, so I, 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 I picked them to, this is, see, as I said, I wasn't um, briefed on this. So I'm going to have to, we're going to have to have a, we're going to have to have someone like, um, 
maybe like someone like Tony Mitchell or something, you know. Uh-huh. Just to kind of, you know, um, I only know her through her songs, like, and, and, and her descriptions. But she's probably, she's another great storyteller. Um, but she does it with music. Mm-hmm. Um, so something, you know, maybe, maybe someone like that, she could kind of, you know, Help me out with some sort of uh, dinner conversations, or or you know maybe she could just help me out when I could ask her about songwriting and things like that. I could talk to Shankly about philosophy and politics, about Einstein, um, kind of just telling us you know the theory of everything, the universe. You know he could say grace, even though he was uh, Jewish, I guess. I guess. But what I mean is he could say some sort of universal prayer. Or whatever. Let us all know. We've got nothing to worry about. And even explain maybe the the, the makeup of of the um, of the food we were having. I guess also, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, who else would I? Like? I suppose I, I'm now going. Um, I don't know. Maybe John Lennon. You know, just to kind of he went to my school. I, I went to. I could ask him what his reports were like. He he could ask me what, what my reports were like. Um, we were from the same part of Liverpool. Um, we've got similar brogue. Our accents and that are from the same little South Liverpool part. Um, you know, and maybe he could like tell me. You know, we could we could go a bit like. You know, maybe nice to have him when he's a bit older and a bit chilled. If he hadn't got shots, you know. Yeah. It, and he, he maybe he was chilling out a bit. You know, he was getting over. His childhood um, shocks and problems, losing his mother, and, and you know, it'd be nice to see. Maybe all that anger could have gone out, and we could have, you know, eased, you know, put everyone at ease with like some nice uh, comfort foods and, um, and and puddings of sorts. I don't know what the menu is going to be. I haven't, I haven't decided what actually they're going to eat. Um, so yeah, maybe you know, maybe we'll have a few stragglers knocking around, you know. Just not straight away, not for the starters and dinner, but we could invite a few more people around just, you know, to, to you know, as we're finishing our, our dessert and pudding, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so we could have a bit more of an open door and, and stuff like that. I mean, you know, you, as I said, I've, I've just thrown them at you. Do you know what? Um, I've, did, I've done 50 episodes in my first season and John Lennon was like standard and um, I'm maybe about 26. 20 episodes into this and I think you might be the first one to pick John Lennon this this series. Yeah. So well I, I only said it because I just thought oh, you you know I guess that's what you know I can imagine everybody saying, why didn't you pick Lennon, you know, for dinner? But I mean I tell you what actually, you know, was it what was the, the documentary that came out? Was it Let It Let It Be? No, um what, the one uh, that came out, the big long one. Uh-huh. Uh, I was amazed at, at McCartney there. Actually, well, that's, Just, that's I spoke about that because obviously, like Lennon was always my favourite Beatle. He yeah. was always kind of like my yeah. to the rest. But but watching that and seeing what yeah. McCartney did, he, yeah, he basically single handedly dragged that album along. You've taken the words out of my mouth. Not only did he creatively drag it, I just thought, what a beautiful fella. You know, he he seems to be the one who had the the tolerance for everybody else's pers- personalities. Mm-hmm. He was like really generous with his being. You know, 
he was explaining to some, you know, to Ringo or George that John was in love and they just wanted to be together. Da, da, da. Ringo, da, da. you know, he just seemed to have this. Whether he was always like that, I don't know. Or whether you know, you find people like at the time George was like, you know, a bit. I don't know if I'd need you could tell. Yeah. But McCartney, you know, whether that was just something that he'd grown into and that it was just caught in that time, you know. Uh, but I just thought all my um, assumptions and all these, like, myths that you hear about McCartney, I thought they'd all just flew out the window after that. I just thought, what yeah. an amazing music- musician. I mean, what an amazing musician. I mean, he was turning Lennon's 12-bar into fucking he was just fucking stunning like so I mean you know I might change it you know I can't have four I mean maybe Lennon could come for starters McCartney could come for you can have them all I don't know if you want but I, 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 say, no, they, I say four but I'm not really that strict no, the vibe might, you know, it, I should have brought that's a that documentary as well. I should have brought Freud as well. I should have brought one of the psychologists in, you know, and we could have all, he could have picked my head apart and everyone else's, you know, over dinner. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. Anyway. With, with that documentary, were you surprised that all that footage had kind of just lay dormant for, for all those years? Well, it all goes down to the original director, I guess who was in the, who kind of was this kind of big tough, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he, I, I think, um, obviously with all the time that passed and the Beatles had split up and, you know, John John and George had both passed away being, you know. Um, so what was his name? Peter, someone who was editing it or directing it now. Yeah. He, he, he was a, you know, if you've got a different viewpoint of it all, haven't you? I guess so. He kind of made, um, he yeah. I mean, he found all that footage and he kind of put it together in a, in, a, in, a, in a very beautiful way. Like so, it was very revealing. I just couldn't believe how amazing. You know, what was amazing as a, as, a, as a someone in the band was that you got you got them just you know sitting around with little amps, <laughs> having a cup of tea and a fag and and just playing and. I was like, fucking hell, that's just like the bands I've been in. Nothing exotic about it. Nothing untouchable. Very, 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 I really felt it. And now other bands might have, um, I mean, if you'd have done that with, say, certain big bands of the of the day, probably being in a big rehearsal room with in-ears and all that shit, that was how it really, that, that's how it really is. Sorry, people call me. Um, so I thought it was very, very, uh, revealing, like you know, yeah, yeah, it's a brilliant watch. Yeah, um, thank you very much for coming on today, John. Absolutely okay, yeah. speaking to you. Just reiterate for listeners the album Love is a Call out February the 16th, and yeah. then cast our own tour from March the 1st. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's there's a load of in stores as well. We're coming up to Edinburgh and Glasgow. It's Asai, Asai. Asai, yeah, the That's on about the eighteenth or something. I don't know. Somewhere it's that week between sixteenth and the week. So we're we're around the country doing in stores as well. So uh, I don't know the exact dates in front of me. I should know, but. I'll start. I'll stick them on the the show notes anyway for okay. some of the ticket links and stuff like that. But I, an absolute pleasure having you on. I've already gone listen to this album because it is sublime. Fantastic! I'm glad you. I'm glad you've heard it, and uh, I'm really looking forward, as I said, to everyone. You know, it's nice. Uh, I've, I've I've said my piece about it all now. I just want people to hear it and give it life. You know. Yeah. It, it's been so hard for me, no letting any of my pals hear it, but it's, yeah. it's absolutely <laughs> amazing. Yeah, well, I, well Absolute well pleasure done. having you on. All right, man. Okay, got good talking to you again. Take it easy, man. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes podcast. If you would like to get in touch, the best way is on the Facebook page, Time for Heroes podcast or on Instagram at Time for Heroes Podcast, or Twitter at Time for Heroes P1, or drop me an email at Time for Heroes Pod at gmail.com. You'll find Time for Heroes on all podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Please leave a review where you can share with others and more importantly enjoy.